We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. Miller for three. Oh, he banked it in. He banked it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Warren lets it fly. Yes. T.J. Warren is not human. Razor catches, shoots for three to win it. He hits it. To go. Brogdon for three. Let's Got go. it. O'Neal drives on Yao. Puts it in. Duarte for three. Boom, baby. Anthony attacks oh. Hibbert. Denies him at the rim. Karis LeVert. People don't realize how good he really is. LeVert. Skies high for the jam. Stevenson passes into Sabonis for the basket. Jackson turns, fires, and hits. Oh, Turner bringing that smoke. Flips it to the big fella, fake shoots, and hits. This is TJ McConnell, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. What's going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome back to another episode. Just a gut-wrenching loss in overtime to the Los Angeles Lakers. 124-116, to 116, LeBron James was LeBron James tonight. But joining me tonight, first-time guest on the podcast, super excited to have him on. It's the one and only Brendan King. BK, what's going on, man? Hey, Golden, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, tough one tonight, and as you said, LeBron was LeBron, and, you know, just when you're starting to get used to him not being in Gamebridge, you know, however many times a year with Cleveland, the one time he's in with L.A., he comes to strike, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's just talk about this game. I guess where to start off, I don't even know because it was really competitive back and forth. But what do you think was a turning point for when the Pacers just ended up losing that lead? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I The back-to-back Ellington threes, I mean, would you put it on that? I mean – I was listening to the radio call on my way. I'm in the studio right now, just knocking out some sports for the morning. And, um, you know, I was listening to Mark Boyle on the way in. And one thing he commented on was, you know, what else does Wayne Ellington do than shoot threes? He's four out of six tonight. But the second three, you know, Mark Boyle was questioning, how do you leave that guy open? And when he hits back-to-back threes, that's a quick six-point swing. Then LeBron gets hot. And then by that point, uh, you don't have an answer. Yeah, it really did feel like it, it swung in that fourth quarter when Ellington went four for six from the game and then Monk went three of six. They just yeah. hit so many dagger threes whenever the Pacers would get up. I think they were up by nine at one point, and they hit back-to-back threes, cut it to within three just like that. So it's like every time the Pacers would get a comfortable lead, 
you know, by like two or three possessions, here come the Lakers knocking down threes. And if you look at the stats, man, it just felt like the Lakers really like kind of baiting the Pacers into shooting a lot of threes. They shot 46 threes tonight out of 104 attempts from the field, only 28% from the field from three. So to me, especially with a team that doesn't have very many centers, no Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard didn't hardly play, only played 14 minutes. DeAndre Jordan only played 21 minutes. And Sabonis had nine shot attempts. I just, the Lakers did a good job of forcing the Pacers to fall for that three-point shot by protecting the paint. But I felt like they did a bad job of trying to get the ball down low to to make them pay for their lack of size. And it, it really just didn't feel like a great offensive rhythm there towards the end. Yeah, and when I think about the Lakers, maybe this is just me not following the Western Conference close enough since we're in Indianapolis, but like they got old so fast. Oh, yeah. I mean, like so fast. I mean, look at this roster, A Gold. I mean, <laughs> you know, DeAndre Jordan, Russell Westbrook, Avery Bradley, Carmelo, Dwight. I mean, is Malik Monk their youngest player? It's got to be him or uh, or Reeves who didn't play tonight. Yeah, so. I mean, goodness. They, they, Look, I realize that the youth movement in the NBA is working for some people, but if they go along and they contend this year, I mean, does that mean everybody's just going to try and get old at the same time? Because you know how trends work in the NBA. We we all know how trends work in the NBA. When somebody makes one thing work, it just is gaslit, and everybody tries to copy it. So if the Lakers win old, is that going to be the – are we going back to the old school NBA? I mean, that would be really enticing to watch. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think we are actually. I think the Lakers probably make a few moves before the deadline right. because just they've they're only ten and ten, right? And I mean, the Pacers are eight; they were eight and eleven coming into this game. They've been so hot and cold, and they really struggled. Uh, the, the Lakers did with this Pacers team for the majority of the game before you know things kind of got out of hand. And just, I really think the turning point of the game, to me anyway, was when they called the flagrant foul on Sabonis with yeah. LeBron down there. It, I mean, if you go back in the first half. They, they called the, a common foul on Dwight Howard for hitting DeMontis Sabonis in the face 10 times harder than, than Domas hit LeBron in the face. So I was like, this is just so stupid. It was funny. I tweeted out, like, you know, Lakers players love hitting a, a, a opposing centers in the face, just kind of joking. <laughs> and somebody replied and said, if that was Domas on LeBron, it would be a flagrant too. Well, right. fast forward to the fourth quarter, and that was right. So it yeah. just felt like LeBron James once again – Got a lot of the beneficial calls, and it's frustrating as a fan, but I, I think we just need to take a moment and just say what a shot by Chris Duarte to put this game into mm-hmm. overtime. Uh, there's a, It was really – you could have caught a foul on that. I mean, if it was LeBron, they probably do, right? But a rookie <laughs> hitting that three with the time expiring, I mean, that's his welcome to the NBA moment. What a big-time shot from him. And then, unfortunately, uh, BK, just in overtime, he could not find the bottom of the net. Had so many wide-open looks. And you could probably tell the adrenaline was getting to him a little bit, but I think just that experience for him is something that we should talk about a little bit here. Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned overtime. I mean, usually like the LeBron turnaround step back 20 footers, it's just like, man, like you are the only person in the entire world that can do that seriously and be taken seriously. And you, and half the time you're making it. Um, but man, what a game for Chris Duarte. You said a golden I said it from the start when I was doing the morning show with Kevin of um, I don't think it's a bad thing that he's 25 years old. I actually think that's a good thing where the state of this team is right now because you needed somebody to come in and you needed somebody to make shots. And 
I've always said Chris Duarte played for one of the craziest college coaches in Dana Altman. Psychopath. But that gave him like the pro experience and the necessary coaching to come into the NBA where Rick Carlisle said this is the craziest early season slate he's ever had. I want a rookie that can handle that. If, the, if that means the rookie's 25 years old, I'm cool with it, especially mm-hmm. with the way that Duarte has been making shots. Now, 3-10 from deep tonight, uh, missed both of his free throws, 17 points. But, hey, he's on my fantasy team, and he's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm very happy with it. And I think the kid's going to be a star, but around him, I don't think you could just count on a rookie no matter how old they are. It could be a 28-year-old rookie. If somebody's coming into the NBA for the first time, sure, he's going to make his shots, but around him, not only do you need to play stellar defense, but you need somebody else around him to make shots to take people off the ball from him. Yeah, and that's a great point because really, I mean, Brogdon had a really good game, 28 points, but on 21 shots, I mean, it's not bad efficiency, 9 for 21, just below 50% there. I mean, he was 5 of 10 from 3, though. I mean, he was really one of the only consistent guys from 3. Justin Holiday shot 33%. And like you said, Duarte shot 30%, but Keelan Martin, TJ McConnell, Torrey Craig, and, and Miles Turner, they were a combined one for 11 from three. Karis LeVert, mm-hmm. 0 for 3 from three. So it just felt like, you know, Turner, if he hits a couple more of those threes that we've seen him do so timely in this season, it's just this game probably turns around. And it was a little bit puzzling while Turner was not out there when the Lakers started to cut into that Pacers lead. But I just tell you, in overtime, it was going back and forth a little bit. It seemed like it was just kind of, you know, a lot of emotions running. Well, LeBron hits those two killer threes and then a fadeaway jumper. Right. I mean, he just hit back-to-back-to-back big-time shots. And, of course, he, he was able to get two fans ejected from the game in the front row, which I don't even know what they said, but he was Wait, like – Wait, really? I didn't see that part. Yeah, so you were listening to the radio, I'm assuming. But Yeah. Yeah, so it was like with like two minutes and 49 seconds left, they stopped gameplay because LeBron said – these mfers something something and then he pointed what? to a, like a young like a two young kids i mean i'm, I'm telling you this kid was probably 23 like that, that's how old he oh looked like God. not very old in his girl and he just kind of sat there and just looked like he didn't do anything i'm sure that he did something for lebron to be that upset about it i don't know what he did but they escorted him out immediately because of what lebron said that they said so I, I don't have any idea. It just <laughs> so LeBron gets flagrant twos and he gets people kicked out of games. Exactly, and then he was hitting everything. So it was a LeBron show for the la- really the end of the fourth quarter and overtime. Got a terrible fifth foul on Domas. Literally, LeBron just fell down and was like leaning against Domas. Domas didn't even put his hands over him like sometimes he does when he's boxing out or fighting for a board, and they called a foul on Domas. So just just frustrating, I think overall. So looking at this game, I think you just. Chalk it up to the Lakers. LeBron was probably ready to get some blood back after getting suspended for one game. I I don't have too much to say about this loss. I mean, it's a tough one, but at least the Pacers were competitive in it, and hopefully they can build off of that momentum and, and come back hungry for the next couple of games. Yeah, and, you know, Karis LeVert, too, a golden 27 minutes, 10 points. You know, I, I'm not saying he has to score 20 a night, but he has had a 20-point game in seven games. Yeah. And – he doesn't have to be the guy, I don't think, because Brogdon is technically the leader, right? And I I really want them to get Sabonis involved more. But, like, you know, you acquired Levert not to be Oladipo, but you acquired Levert to play part of what Oladipo did. And the one thing Oladipo did for you, even though towards the end that attitude was just mad annoying um, – you brought in Karis Levert to pretty much, you know, drop 18, 20 a night. And 
you know, a week straight of being held under 20 is not overly concerning. It's just you would like to see more. Am I wrong? I think you would, but I also think that we should address the fact that before tonight's game, he was on the injury uh, list as questionable. Yeah. Said he would be on a minutes restriction once again. He's still dealing with that back injury. I don't know how severe right. it is. We know he's not a great defender. He's not even close to what Victor was defensively because Victor that first year here in 17-18 was just so good at shooting the gaps and getting the steals. Mm-hmm. I think he led the NBA in steals that season. So Levert's not defensively anything close to Oladipo, nor is he the three-point shooter that Oladipo was because um, Karras is just a very streaky player. There were some really nice moments there in the first quarter where he was hitting a lot of good shots, and I think his efficiency was much better. And then as the game prolonged, I mean, the shots were just getting tougher, and the Lakers were kind of forcing it defensively with some of the shots they were trying to, you know, bait the Pacers into taking. There were a lot of fadeaway jumpers and, and, and contested shots, and instead of mm-hmm. just trying to slow it down and get it into the paint a little bit more, I think they could have benefited from that. But, you know, I'm I'm trying to be um, patient with Levert, I guess is the yeah. correct word. Because, like you said, when he was fully healthy last year in that Bjorken system, I He's mean, great. Yeah. looked really, really good. So, you're hoping that, hey, maybe once he gets through this injury a little bit, like Duarte was asked about it at halftime from Jeremiah Johnson, he said he's still dealing with a shoulder injury. So who knows if that injury was bothering him towards the end of the game? I don't know. I'm not going to use that as an excuse for why we lost or anything. But you got two of your guys that you're relying on quite a bit, and Duarte and Levert, yeah. that are struggling with injuries that will inf- uh, impact your game. Just continues, man. <laughs> it's- just the injuries, it's unbelievable. It, it yeah. really is. It, just around Indianapolis in general, I think. It's uh, the Indianapolis <laughs> curse, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we're nearly as bad as the Denver Nuggets are right now, losing another player. It's just like yeah, that's you, feel, true. you feel bad for them, but you see what, what they have in Jokic, and he just is that uh, – he's just that guy that keeps that engine running. But, all right, well, let's, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to do a really fun segment for you guys, with it being Thanksgiving when you're probably listening to this. We're going to run down all of the items here for your normal Thanksgiving meal, and we're going to compare them to Pacers players. So hope you guys enjoy this segment. We'll be right back after this. All right. So before we get back to the show with Brendan King, we did have two voicemails talking about Chris Duarte in this Pacers game. So I want to let those air, and then we'll get right back to it with Brendan King. Yeah, hi. I just wanted to call and say that Chris Duarte is poppy. And that's all I have for you. Also, he is the Dominican Clay Thompson. Let's go Pacers. Hey, guys. Love your show. Listen all the time. I interact with you sometimes on Twitter. Alex, uh, Scott Stein, NNJ. Um, yeah, tough loss for the Pacers at home. Um, not too discouraged by it. Not as much as other games, at least. When the Browns make a shot like that, it's really, really hard to win. And the Lakers just have so many three-point uh, shot makers, and it just uh, in overtime, especially if uh, Duarte makes just a couple of those uh, good looks that he got, it's a totally different complexion to the game. Um, but as he said at the halftime interview that his shoulder hurts, so uh, that's something to bear in mind. Um, I think that he'll get it back, and I think that they'll be all right. Um, actually, this wasn't really wasn't too bad of a loss, I don't think. Um, and uh, back to LeBron, Sabonis is guarding him, you know, on those uh, on those. Uh, pick and roll switches, and he's got five fouls, so what can he do? Uh, LeBron will exploit that if he tries to get a little bit too aggressive, and uh, the refs will probably call it because he's LeBron. So um, it just didn't work out for us tonight, but uh, I was very encouraged by Duarte's aggressiveness 
And uh, once he feels better, I think uh, he's 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 going to be a really really good player, and uh, I'm encouraged by that. So uh, I think they'll be all right. Um, we'll see what happens. So uh, yeah, thanks uh, guys for taking the voicemail. Maybe you'll uh, use this. And uh, yeah, like I said, love the show. Listen to you guys all the time. Keep up the good work. Later. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, Brendan, I'm getting hungry thinking about what's going oh boy. to be served tomorrow at Thanksgiving. So um, I guess that you're my guest, first time guest. Where do you want to start with all these uh, with all this food that we put out here for our list? Well, I thought you put together a ubiquitous list. Um, uh, are, can are you explain to me what that word means? Because I'm not following. <laughs> uh, ubiquitous. The definition of ubiquitous is touching like every angle, touching every okay. corner. Um yeah, I've been listening to to uh, too much of Mark Boyle on the radio. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, because, because that's a very Mark Boyle word. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I mean, are we going in chronological order? Are we jump it around. Well, your here's, show, your call. Here's what I'll tell people: we ended up coming up with 16 items that way we could include Rick Carlisle in the mix. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was part of the reason why. Um, I don't really know if I like where I put him, but. Um, Let's just start from the top and work our way down. So uh, the the big one. Let's just start with the turkey. Who do you have for the turkey? We might have the same answer here, but when I think of turkey, that's the captain of the meal, right? I mean, I if you you could have turkey and ham at Thanksgiving, I feel, but if you have one and not the other, that's a bit weird. So the turkey's the captain, and the captain, I guess, by nature is Malcolm Brogdon. So 
that that's probably my most basic answer I have. I, I okay. think the rest will be better. Okay, so I do not have Malcolm as the turkey. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Do you have? I want. I'm curious. Who do you have as the ham? Uh, you want to give me your turkey first? Well, I want to explain my oh. turkey and my ham. <laughs> so that's why okay. I want to know who your so, ham is. So, I, I, so like I said, it. I don't think it's Thanksgiving without turkey, but I do prefer ham to the turkey. Okay. Uh, you cannot beat a good holiday ham, um, and that's because my grandparents are from Italy, and they got their ham every Thanksgiving and Christmas from this little Italian shop in Orland Park, Illinois, and it was delectable. Okay. Um, so, in my opinion, ham as a universal food type does not get enough respect. And as you know, Alex Golden, I am a Miles Turner guy. Okay. And I do not believe Miles Turner gets enough respect from around the league and here in the city. So my ham goes to Miles Turner. Okay. So our ham is the same, which is funny. Wow. How about that? <laughs> my turkey was DeMontis Sabonis. And okay. I will explain this real quick because you brought it up. Everybody has a debate, which is better, turkey or ham, right? It's the never-ending debate. Now, people say, oh, you shouldn't have ham on Thanksgiving. That's for Christmas. Some people say, I don't like turkey. I want ham all the time. And right. then some people are like, no, it's turkey. We're having that for Thanksgiving. So I felt like because there's such an internal debate between these two foods, I had to go with both of them. And I believe they're both the two longest tenured pacers as well. So mm, there you go. It, it felt right. like these two guys are the most familiar, the most popular with the fan base. And you can make that debate. What do you like better, turkey or ham? And I think that is the conversation we've had for the last, what, three years now about Turbonus? So that's <laughs> that's where I went with that one. I hope that makes a little bit of sense. No, that does make sense. So that's why I went with that. So for the mashed potatoes, that's where I went with Malcolm Brogdon. Um, okay. I think mashed potatoes are probably your most solid side. Sometimes yep. they're not always the most flashy, but they're always so good. And they're always consistently good. And I feel like if you watch Malcolm Brogdon play most of the time, you're going to get those consistent games from him where he plays and puts up good numbers, even in losses. Now he might not always play terrific, but I feel like he's always pretty good and pretty steady out there. See, that's exactly why Alex Gold and I went with the Matsus bonus for match potatoes okay. based <laughs> on what you just said, consistency and always there for you. Demontis Sabonis, nearly a double, double a night. When you dig into the mashed potatoes, nine times out of 10, they are going to be good. You really have to screw up mashed <laughs> yep. potatoes. You really have to screw up mashed potatoes to do them wrong. That's, that's, um, that's very fair. <laughs> and DeMontis Simonis really usually has to screw up to not record a double-double. So DeMontis Simonis, my mashed potato. Okay, well, let's move on to the number four here, the corn. Okay. What do you have for corn? All right, hear me out. TJ Warren is my corn. Okay. Um, because I don't know who would do this, but some people put canned corn on the table. <laughs> and some people put corn on the cob on the table. And with the consistency of corn, the corn on the cob is obviously beautiful. That's the stuff that's hitting you 20 a night. But the canned corn is what's on the bench when you're having injury problems. And <laughs> you never know what you're going to get from TJ Warren, um, whether he's healthy, whether he's not healthy. TJ Corn can be really good if you do it right, if you get it on the cob. But it can also really suck if you get it in the corn, okay. in, in, the, in the can. <laughs> It's funny you say that because TJ Warren was probably the hardest person for me to put in this group <laughs> of people. I don't know why, but it was hard for me because he's been out for so long. Right. Um, yeah. So for me, for the corn, um, I will explain this real quick before I give it to you who it is. There are so many different styles of corn that you can have at Thanksgiving. You can have cream yes. of corn. You can have corn pudding. You can even yeah. have cornbread. You can have corn by itself. You can have corn on the cob. And so I felt like who was a guy 
that always just kind of seems to fit whatever role he's asked to play. And I felt like that was Justin Holiday, whether it's coming off the bench, whether it's starting, whether it's just being who he is. I felt like Justin Holiday is the corner of this team. That is, uh, I, I like that answer. I like both of our answers. Okay. Well, let's move on to the, <laughs> the green bean casserole. <laughs> um, so I, I, so I asked everybody on Indiana sports talk last week what their favorite side was. Yes, me. And I, I did ask you and you responded <laughs> green bean casserole, right? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, I, I am not a green bean casserole. Okay. Guy. <laughs> um, green bean casserole to me doesn't really have a spot at the table for our Thanksgiving. Now mm. our, we do think we do. I'm, I'm very sorry to say that we do. Thanksgiving is a little different. Like I said, we're Italian. So Many dishes on this list that you gave me, which is a good Thanksgiving list, but many dishes on this list are replaced by like pasta and other Italian stuff. Okay. So we have very, we have a very untraditional Thanksgiving, but at least this year, a guy that does not have a seat at the table so far is O'Shea Brissett. Mm. Okay. That is why I picked O'Shea for one later that we will get to. Um, okay. I think that's a very fair point, but I feel like if you look at the starting five of side dishes, <laughs> when it comes to Thanksgiving Day, green bean casserole has to be in there. And so no, this, I respect it. Trust me. Right. So this is where I struggled, like I said, but I put TJ Warren as green bean casserole because okay, you know, it's not for everybody, right? But at the same time, if you if you give it a try, you're gonna like it, but it's not always consistent based on who makes it. So I felt like we're just not consistent with TJ Warren's role because of his health problems. So to me, this was the toughest one, so I gave him the green bean casserole uh, really just out of respect because it's, to me, if you're looking at turkey and ham, they're number one and number two, and then you got mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, and then whatever you want to add in there with the fifth, it could be stuffing, sweet potato casserole, mac and cheese. Yeah. You know, there's arguments beyond that, but I felt like, for me anyway, it's in my starting five, so I felt like I had to give it to T.J. Warren. So, um, but I See, do that's like, the thing about Thanksgiving, though, is like you can make an argument for literally any type of food. you know like and and people will hear you out i I don't think there's there's the traditional thanksgiving menu but when you make an argument for something you like people will usually hear you out Mm -hmm. i I completely agree let's move on to number six sweet potato casserole um another tough one for me but because i don't like sweet potato casserole but i know a lot of people do so what is your uh who did you have for the sweet potato casserole role um that would be justin holiday golden um sweet potato casserole I don't mind it. It's 50-50 for me, but it has to be done right. And I had an aunt years ago that made the sweet potato casserole, but they undercooked it so severely that it was kind of cold in the middle. So when you think about sweet potato casserole, like you want it like blazing hot in the middle, Mm -hmm. right? So Justin Holiday is either blazing hot or I think he's freezing cold. (laughs) <laughs> depending on the night. Um, so exactly. that is my reasoning for sweet potato casserole. Hey, that's that's a really good reasoning, and I like that because Justin Holiday has had such an up-and-down season so far this year. For me, I did this because sometimes you like it and sometimes you don't. <laughs> I put T.J. McConnell, and <laughs> the reason I say that is because sometimes you're just like watching him play and you're like, okay, <laughs> he's being used off ball a little bit too much. He's not a good three-point shooter. Who is this guy? And then other times you're like, man, then that guy's got some sweet passes. He's really yeah. mucking it up on defense. And I feel like that's what sweet potato casserole is. 
uh, depending on if you like it or not. I think it's kind of a 50-50 <laughs> thing for people. It is 50-50. Uh, I don't like it. I do like the marshmallows on top if you do the casserole way, uh, dish that way. Uh, <laughs> so there's some sweetness to it that I like, but there's also parts of it I don't like to their game. And so I felt like um, it's not like the perfect dish. So that felt like to me like, hey, that's a role player. That's a point guard. That's TJ McConnell. So that is who I had for the sweet potato casserole. Let's move on to stuffing. What would you have for stuffing? Uh, I So – this was the last one I filled in and I had a hard time <clears throat> finding a player for it. So when I think about stuffing, <clears throat> that's like the heart and soul of Thanksgiving. And mm. when I think of heart and soul, I actually go to the bench. And as you know, I'm a Butler graduate. Um, the heart and soul of the Butler Bulldogs for many years on their final four runs was Ronald Norick. And the assistant coach of the Indiana Pacers, when I want to go into battle with somebody, I want Ronald Nord fighting in front of me. So <laughs> Hardy, stuffing, Ronald Nord. So who did you leave out player-wise? Uh, like Dwayne Washington, I think. Oh, okay. Well, we might have to cross that bridge and see who we who you missed them yeah. because I had I the 15-man roster with, a, with, a, with Carlisle in there somewhere, unless you didn't put Carlisle in there. Um, uh, well, I told you what Carlisle was before this. So you did. So is that what you're using yeah, Carlisle so, for? Is the one that uh, yes, we didn't? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I will let you slide with that one. It's your first time. Thank on. You. So um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate this. For me, I, I feel like stuffing is a good component of, of Thanksgiving. I feel like, you know, when it, when you have it, you're like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. And it's just not one of those things that you're always thinking about though. It's like, oh yeah, it's Thanksgiving. We're going to have stuffing. So I went with Tory Craig <laughs> and I feel like, when he's on the court, he's impactful, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not always on the offensive end because he's more of a defensive-minded player. But there's so there's sometimes where you're like, I wonder why he's not playing more. And that's kind of where I feel about stuffing. Like, it's good when I have it usually. Why don't we eat this more? Why don't we have this as more of a side than just once a year? <laughs> so that is why I went with stuffing for Tory Craig. Um, but Ronald Norad, I, I respect that. I'm glad that we're giving some Butler love there. I know you uh, are a Butler alum, correct? That's right, seventeen. Okay, so that's uh, that's totally fair. I'll give it to yeah, you. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate okay. it. I appreciate the slide. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's move on to this one. I want to. I think we might have the same one for this one. I'm just going to guess macaroni and cheese. Interesting. Uh, I went with Chris Duarte. Okay, we don't have the same one. <laughs> okay, I, I I don't mind different. Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, I like it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I feel like mac and cheese is one of the newer Thanksgiving foods um Mm. i don't i don't remember mac and cheese ever really being around when we were kids or at least not in my family but anytime i go to friend a friend's giving now per se uh mac and cheese is always there so i think in the last five years mac and cheese has really exploded as a thanksgiving food and i would call it the rookie of this group that's chris duarte is my mac and cheese okay i respect that um i too did not grow up having mac and cheese at Thanksgiving it was always at Christmas, but not often at Thanksgiving. And so my reasoning for this is because uh, the why I picked this player is because mac and cheese can be so filling that sometimes <laughs> if you have too much of it, it can it can take away from the rest of the meal and the rest of the entree or whatever you want to call it. So I said Karis Levert. I feel like yeah. it can be a one-man show sometimes and can kind of be a showstopper sometimes too in terms of filling you up because you're talking noodles, you're talking butter, and you're talking cheese. Nothing gets you more stuck up than macaroni and cheese. And so sometimes the offense for the Pacers can get a little you know, stagnant because of Karis Levert. 
and him being a ball stopper. So I felt like while mac and cheese is still like really good, like you look forward to having it, you want it on your plate. There's no doubt about it. But sometimes too much is too much. So that's why I went with that. <laughs> For Karis LeVert as macaroni and cheese, let's move okay. on to cranberry sauce. All right, Alex. I hate cranberry sauce. I'm the same way. <laughs> uh, it, it is lost on the Thanksgiving table. Um, it, does not ha- it does not deserve a spot at the table, the kids' table, outside, throw it in the trash. Um, when I think of lost and I think of defensively, that is Mr. Goga Batadze. Oh, we have a tie. I, uh, I picked Goga for cranberry sauce too. <laughs> <laughs> but my reasoning was different. Okay, so okay. what does cranberry sauce usually go with? Uh, nothing. Well, it's known to go with the turkey, right? And Ooh. so really? I don't, yeah, I, that's what that's I looked disgusting. up on. Yeah, you're supposed to like put it on your turkey. That's what it's for to like, you know, rub it on there to give it some more of like a, a different flavor. And I know like you can put like pineapple and stuff like that on ham. So like, I don't, I've never put cranberry on my ham, but wouldn't surprise if people did. But since I had my, my two centers as the turkey and the ham, you know, cranberry sauce is supposed to be the complement to both of those. So I was like, Okay. Ah, okay, that makes sense for Goga um, <laughs> because we have seen a little bit of the pairing of Goga and Domas. So if cranberry sauce is meant for turkey uh, to complement one another, I said, okay, we've seen enough of a sample size to say they've played immense together in, in, in games that have been important. So I was like, I'll give it to Goga, but at the same time, a lot to be desired there, right? <laughs> That's absolutely correct. Okay, so <laughs> we'll move on from that one quickly. Let's move on to gravy. Yeah. Uh, this one was fun for me. Who did you have for the gravy? Uh, you already said him. I'm going to put Tory Craig there. Okay. Um, Tory Craig, to me, is a great complimentary piece. And, you know, I, I don't put gravy on everything on my Thanksgiving plate, especially I don't put it, put it on the ham, but certainly the mashed potatoes and the turkey and, you know, a couple other things. Or, you know, the bread roll. But, yep. you know, the, the gravy should be complimentary to many parts of your team and many parts of your plate. And so far this season, I think that's what Tory Craig has been. Yeah, and this is why I put Keelan Martin in this role. Okay. Um, he's, I think his role has, you know, lessened a little bit over the last couple of games. But there, I mean, he even got a start for, for a couple of games there with the Pacers playing, I believe it was the Hornets he started in that game, and the mm-hmm. Pistons. So one of those things, actually, he didn't start when the Hornets played because Duarte was back. But still, he got a start. And, you know, with with Keelan, it's kind of funny because he's not like, to me, he's not a, a strong enough player to be his own side dish, but he's a compliment in a sense to where yeah. you can use him like, you know, put him on that turkey, put him on those mashed potatoes where he's a nice, a nice fill in a nice extra piece that you have on your bench. But no way or shape or form are you just eating gravy with a spoon. So <laughs> that is why I put him for that. And then let's go to number 11, the the, the dinner rolls. I think this could be the sleeper uh, of them all. So this is yeah. my sleeper pick. The dinner rolls are one of my favorite things to look forward to. Well, since you're excited about it, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, just to explain it, because I like to explain my picks. Everybody has dinner rolls. Everybody likes dinner rolls. And everybody, you know, uses dinner rolls to fill themselves up. They, they're like, oh, I can eat these later uh, tomorrow for leftovers if I want a ham sandwich or a turkey sandwich. And so I felt like Rick Carlisle deserves to be the dinner rolls of the table. He's <laughs> taken a step back. He's letting them kind of run their own offense now. He said that he didn't want to be too, you know, too much of calm plays, that kind of thing. So he's taking that step back, and he's just still on the table making sure everything is going afloat, and he's that perfect complimentary piece to the meal. Boom. 
I like that. Um, kind of along the same lines, I'm gonna put TJ McConnell here. I, okay. I, I think I think bread rolls, especially depending on what kind of rolls they are. So we had our friends giving my friend group and I here in Indy uh, earlier uh, this past week, and one of my buddies was in charge of the dinner rolls, and he went to Texas Roadhouse. Mm. They got Texas Roadhouse rolls, which I'm not sure if you know, Alex. Uh, I forgot if we talked about this. You did. Uh, you told me this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We did. I know I talked about it with somebody. You could go to Texas Roadhouse and you can get rolls. You could buy bags of their rolls, uh, $5 per dozen. Mm. Uh, that, that is a gold mine right there. But anyway, bread rolls are warm. They're fluffy and they're always reliable. And I know, you know, what you said about TJ McConnell earlier, but, you know, seven times out of 10, I, I like TJ McConnell on True. the ball. I think he's reliable enough coming off the bench. And your bread rolls, they need to be reliable. If they're just kind of like, you know, like falling apart and not warm and they're kind of like, ah, all right. But like if you get the right dinner rolls, that that is, that completes the meal right there. Yeah, I agree with that. I actually, before I changed everything, I originally had TJ McConnell as the rules. I will okay. not lie. I had Tory Craig as sweet potato casserole, and I had Rick Carlisle as the stuffing. I changed those three. <laughs> I just I felt like I should change him. I don't know why. I just I wasn't feeling him. But um, I did skip one of the sides that I added towards the end here. So I'm going to jump to that one before we get to our desserts and our other stuff. Well, we actually okay. have two more sides that we need to talk about, and so that'd be we do collard greens. I've never had collard greens for Thanksgiving ever. But I know it's constantly on those posts that go around on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. You know, you go, you, you gotta, you gotta keep three of the next of these six. You know, which one you get right. rid of those kind of things, and it's always like collard greens is on there. So, um, who do you have for collard greens? Uh, so I actually like collard greens, and I think you could put them with just about anything. Kind of like your reasoning for this guy earlier, you could put them with anything on the plate, and it will usually go. Mm. And that's why Keelan Martin is my collard. Makes sense. Makes sense. See, I don't like collard greens. I've tried them before. Okay. They're not very good to me, but some people like them. Like you said, you think they're good. So that's why I, I, went, with, that's why I went with Jeremy Lamb. I felt like, okay. Yeah. For me, for me, I don't like collard greens, but and no, they don't always show up to the Thanksgiving dinner meal, right? They're, they're very selective if you have them or not. And Jeremy Lamb right now has been kind of selective if he's going to play or not. So I felt like this was the perfect side for him. And then moving on to the salad, I can't even remember if my family has salad at Thanksgiving. I don't usually eat it if we do have it because there's too many other good sides to to want to even try to have a salad because you can have a salad any day of the week, right? But for me, like the salad of Thanksgiving is such a lost lost side that I just said, sometimes you forget that salad's even there. And that's kind of how I feel about O'Shea set on this roster. Okay. See, I'm going to take a different approach to salad. I'm going to say salad uh, depending on what kind of salad it is, especially if it's Caesar salad, which I told mm. you is my favorite. Yes. Uh, that was my all-time favorite. Um, salad on a Thanksgiving menu has the potential to be good, but you don't know for sure if it is until you put it in your mouth. Thus, um, somebody that has the potential to be great, but you just don't know it yet is Isaiah Jackson. Mm. I have Isaiah listed elsewhere. So yeah. <laughs> um, I will save that for a little bit because – it makes sense though. I mean, if you're if you're a big Caesar salad guy like you are, that it's got the potential to be good. Now there are some nasty Caesar salads that I've tried, but oh, trust me, uh, not all Caesar Caesar salads are created equal. No, they definitely not. My wife is a is a big fan of Caesar salad. Um, I'm more of a house salad kind of guy. I like iceberg okay. lettuce. I really do. Yep. 
but um, I can eat a, I can eat a Caesar salad. It's not bad. It's probably my second choice if I have to pick one. Um, <laughs> but let's go to deviled eggs. Who do you have uh, for deviled eggs? I hate deviled eggs. I, I, I will I will say it. Um, a deviled eggs confuse me. I don't know what they are. Um, and those that have recipes for deviled eggs can put them in the Christmas fire. Um, thus, I, I I don't I understand why he's on the team, but if he does not. If there's nobody injured in front of him, there is no room for him, and that's Brad Wanamaker. Hey, another one. We 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 matched up there with the deviled eggs for Brad okay. Wanamaker, and, and my reasoning was, look, like even if you like deviled eggs, after you eat them, you have the nastiest gas, and it stinks so bad after. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so it might be good in the moment, but then it stinks really bad after. So it's like you, you pay for what you get when you eat a deviled egg, and that's kind of what you get with Brad Wanamaker. You might get a good Brad Wanamaker game in Charlotte, then you might get another one where he has five turnovers in the first quarter, dribbling the ball right. off his leg. You know, that's just kind of who Brad Wanamaker is. Um, so we saved the best for last year, obviously. Pumpkin pie, apple pie, the, the highlight that everybody's looking forward to. So who is your pumpkin pie? So I, I think you're going to hate me after this. Mm. I dis I dislike anything pumpkin flavored. Okay. I, I, I am not a pumpkin guy. I have never drank a pumpkin spice latte. I have never... Um, <laughs> used a halloween pumpkin for anything other than carving it the pumpkin um i i i do not eat pumpkin i i i have tried it i i disliked it and it is not my style okay. and i think pumpkin pie again i have tried it but i think it is wildly overrated and some people might stop listening to the podcast here <laughs> so i'm sorry but I, I, i'm not saying he's wildly overrated but just for what he is on this team jeremy lamb Okay, that's fair. I, I think pumpkin pie is just a staple of a Thanksgiving. Everybody always has a pumpkin pie for their dessert. Always. And, always. Every, and most people look forward to having it. Ooh, pumpkin pie. I want some of that. You know, like nobody wants it any other time of the year, but they want it this time of year. And I felt like because it's such the, the star prize dessert, I felt like that's where I should slot Chris Duarte as okay. the pumpkin pie, just because, you know, it's sweet, it's good, but kind of like his shooting numbers. You know, high volume, but a low percentage, right? So 17 points on 18 shots, not great efficiency, but, you know, it's still good. And you can really kind of mix anything pumpkin uh, around this time of year. You know, you got, like you said, pumpkin spice latte. You've got pumpkin rolls. You've got pumpkin cheesecake. You've got pumpkin seeds that you can have year round. I mean, you can make anything pretty much out of pumpkins. And it is a bit overdone. I agree with you there. I'm not the biggest pumpkin pie fan myself. It's okay. I think if it's made right, it's pretty good. But to me, I prefer our last option here, and that's the apple pie. Yeah. But I think apple pie is also kind of like not the 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 popular one of the pies when it comes to Thanksgiving. But it's still you know exciting for people to eat it. So that's why for me, I have Isaiah Jackson around things. That is the apple pie. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I think the pumpkin pie might be our most different answer, mm -hmm. at least between me and you. Um, I, I, I like pie. I, I'm a pie fan. And around the holidays, depending on the pie you get, like for Christmas, the King family, strawberry banana pie is a staple. Okay. But apple pie, of course, in the fall and into November is rock solid, rock solid. And usually when healthy, when apple pie is healthy, that's always something you're grabbing after dinner. When healthy, the guy that's the guy that's making buckets is Karis LeVert. Yep. Makes sense. And, you know, apple pie is really good. I prefer apple pie with a little scoop of vanilla ice cream. I don't oh, know. Oh, that You can't get a better man. combination than that I mean, for dessert. 
<laughs> man, do we do we get some after this interview? Man, I mean, <laughs> if I could give you some right now, I would I would <laughs> gladly cut you cut you a slice and, and scoop you uh, a little scoop of vanilla ice cream. But you know that is something I always look forward to. I think homemade stuff is the best. If you're trying to get the store bought stuff, you know, you get what you pay for, right? It's you know we had we had a little luncheon for our work the other day, and someone bought pumpkin pie and. I've been into it. I said, oh, this is not good. This The crust is soggy. It's just been sitting there for a while. You need a fresh one out of the oven. Apple pie, man, it is it is so good. I think Isaiah Jackson, for me, part of the reason why I did it is because it's just so enticing. Like when you see apple pie, you're not going to turn it down. You want to see it, but you don't get to see it very often. So this was a lot of fun. Uh, go ahead and tell everybody who you have for Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle is the greatest part of Thanksgiving, and you got to <laughs> give that to the head coach, the greatest part of Thanksgiving. Is I don't a gold. I'm not sure. When do you guys usually eat your Thanksgiving dinner? What time? I feel like it differs every year. Um, but this year we're eating it at three. Okay, we we are every year four thirty. Book it. Okay. If it's not at four thirty, I have concerns. Um, at four thirty, you eat for about forty five minutes, right? Call it, mm-hmm. and then you get up and then you prepare for the final Thanksgiving football game. And as you prepare for that. You fall asleep, you sink yourself into the couch, <laughs> and you doze off. The Thanksgiving nap is what Rick Carlisle is, <laughs> and that was my first thought when you asked me. I know. I said, I want to get Carlisle in here. We only have 15. What What do you think we should do? And you said, he's got to be the Thanksgiving nap. And so I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, I took it a little bit seriously, and then I was like, well, I was like, it's not technically a food, so – let me uh let me throw another side in here, but uh, I mean, we could have got into <laughs> still the an important part of Thanksgiving, right? So that is why I was confused when you said Ronald Nord. I said, man, who did he leave back here? Because I was like, did he put Carlisle? Then when I found out you left Carlisle out for that, I was okay with it. So um, yeah, this was pretty fun. I think that for the most part, our answers kind of matched up, even though they were different. Our, our reasoning for picking them was kind of similar. So a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this exercise. Um, if you didn't, I apologize, but hope you're having a great Thanksgiving anyway. So, uh, hope you guys are having safe travels. If you're traveling, listening to this, if you're at home, be safe, have a great time with your family. That's all I care about. But BK, this is going to wrap up our show. I thank you once again for you know coming on the show, and, and hopefully we can get you back on again uh, later on this season and might have to do like a Christmas wish list or something like that or a New Year's resolution <laughs> for the Pacers. Who knows? But uh, BK, any any final thoughts, anything you want to promote? Yeah, man. Uh, this Saturday, I'm calling the two-way state championship game on the IHSAA Champions Radio awesome. Network, the football side, uh, Andrean against Evansville Modern Day, and then I'll be on Indiana Sports Talk on uh, Network Indiana both nights. So awesome. it should be a busy weekend, but now happy Thanksgiving, eh, Golden. I appreciate hey. the time, and you know I always enjoy chatting. Absolutely. You too, man. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And just real quick, you do have a podcast, right? I do. Yeah. Anywhere podcasts are found, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, if you search The Brendan King Show, uh, just posted a new episode on Tuesday with actually the director of the college football playoff, Bill Hancock. So a lot of interesting nuggets from that, uh, from the latest top four Cincinnati's in. So All right. Well, you know how we usually end this show. I'm, I'm assuming you might not know if you don't listen frequently, but at the end of every show with, with, with my co-host, Fachi, I say, let's say, uh, say these three words, and he always shouts out, let's go Pacers. So I'm going to set you up here. I'm going to run down the list where people can find us out on social media. And then I'm going to set you up for those three words. So the three words you're going to say at the end of this are let's go Pacers emphatically. But if you want to find us on social media, we're at Twitter at setting the pace three. I'm at Alex school, NBA, my co-host Fachi's at underscore F-A-C-C-I. We're over on Instagram at Pacers talk and on set on at setting the pace on Facebook and TikTok. So if you're hoping the Pacers can recover from this loss and get a big win, 
I believe they play the Raptors next. They do. The Toronto Raptors on Friday night. If you're hoping for a big win against the Raptors on Friday night, say these three words. Let's go Pacers! Duarte fires it up. Yes! What a shot yes, by Duarte! Fella. 